That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 242 of A Yank on the Footy. If this is your first time tuning in, I am so glad that you are joining us for the podcast. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and a little quick background about myself. I am a lifelong Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Indians, now Guardians fan, but in 2016, I fell in love with Australian rules football, and over the last several years, I've become more and more disgruntled with what Major League Baseball is doing to the game that I love, and I'm so thankful that uh, footy has fit nicely in that spot. So what I'm doing with these uh, episodes here, and this can be about a half dozen of them, and I have come out over the next week and a half or so, is talk to American fans of Australian rules football, along with talking with Australian NFL and Australian rules football fans on why this is a game that, quite frankly, my thesis is that American NFL fans, if they discovered footy, they would love footy because it has so many components to what makes the NFL a great visual game. Uh, they are those those components are in Australian football. Speed, in, endurance, great catches, just dynamic quickness and and it's we're going to get into that in these discussions with these different people that I'm talking to and uh I want to encourage you to check out this game and there are opportunities to do that here in the United States without having to make any sort of a major investment fortunately for us and uh, I will link to this website uh it is afana.com, A-F-A-N-A.com, and it is the Australian Football Association of North America. And this is an organization uh, that does a great deal of work on reporting on the game, uh, and they do a great job with that. But for many folks, one of the most important things that they do is keep track of the schedule of televised games here in the United States. Now, we get most of the games of the AFL on television here during the season. And uh, most of those games are carried on either FS1 or FS2. And the remainder are typically on the Fox Soccer Plus add-on package, which I think many people have. If you're a soccer fan, you're going to find it there. Um but what is interesting about this game is that you, you have to go into it realizing that, well, they're quite often played in the middle of the night, especially if you live on the east coast of the United States like I do, or at least in the eastern time zone. We have games that will start anywhere between 11 o'clock at night and 5 o'clock in the morning. Now, I, uh, you know, I have a club that I support, and... Um, you know, if if you're somebody who becomes interested in footy, I am not somebody who wants to influence you and tell you what club you need to support. You certainly can, uh, if you get into the game, you can do your own investigating. It took me about a year before I decided upon which club I wanted to support, and I wholeheartedly support them. 
Uh, and, and the thing that I love about footy is uh, it has so many different aspects of different games. And I, and I describe it as a combination or an amalgamation of a number of different games. Gridiron football, the NFL, college football, if you will. Uh, it, we, it tends to get differentiated um, when talking about the different types of football. They get, gets referred to as gridiron football uh, quite a bit in Australia. Uh, it has components of gridiron football, of rugby, of basketball, of volleyball, of soccer, a lot of soccer, um, cross-country running. And the other two that I mention um, are mixed martial arts and also calculus. Because there, it is a 360 game... And the game, for all intents and purposes, does not stop until a quarter ends. Now, there are stoppages where there are what they call a ball up or a jump ball uh, that, that takes place throughout different times of the game. But the clock typically continues to run. And uh, it's just a dynamic game. And, it, and the ground they play on is absolutely massive. And I'm going to be including uh, links to a number of different YouTube videos for you to uh, to take a peek at if you're interested in doing so. In one of the the early videos, it shows you the size of the ground. And first of all, it's, it's an oval-shaped ground. So it's not rectangular, it's not square, it's an oval. And from end to end, it's an average of around 180 meters. So we're talking about 185, 190 yards, almost twice the length of an NFL field. And at the midpoint... At the midpoint, it is roughly 150 meters wide, so almost three times as wide as an NFL field. Okay, and it's just, it's absolutely massive. All right, so I do hope that you're going to, you'll continue or consider checking it out because I, 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 like I said, I've fallen in love with this game. I still watch the Browns play on Sundays because I'm a glutton for punishment. Someday, somehow, it's going to work out for us. I'll watch Ohio State play. I'll watch the uh, Naval Academy play. I'm a Navy veteran. I have a son who's a Naval officer. Uh, but I I generally don't watch a lot of other NFL anymore because I, 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 just, I never have watched a lot of it. Baseball was always my first love, and I am very frustrated with... Uh, what's going on with Major League Baseball right now. I'm very sad with what is happening to the game that I love. And I worry for the longe longevity and the health of this game because I, I think they're trying to cut the corners on it and turn it into a timed game. And, and I, I just, it's, it, to me, that's just not what it is. So I'm so thankful that I, that I fell in love with Australian rules football back in 2016. And the great thing about it is that the season runs from mid-March until the end of September. So if you're somebody who happens to be a little frustrated with baseball or you've never been a baseball fan and you love the NFL and you love college football and you want that kind of action and a little bit different, then I think Australian Rules football is something you might absolutely want to check out. I really do think you'll want to check it out. Now, I'm going to be joined here in just a moment by an Australian uh, sports writer. He writes for the AFL and the NFL, uh, and he works for the Inner Sanctum in uh, 
Australia as well as Sports Illustrated, and he writes predominantly about the Port Adelaide Power, which are one of the AFL clubs, as well as the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going to be sitting down with Adam Schultz, and we're going to discuss how it is that we can go about growing interest for the AFL here in the United States. Now, I should have mentioned, as I said, those games tend to be on late at night. Now, if you're somebody who's a novice to it and you're just getting into it, you're probably not going to stay up and watch the games live like I do. You know, my team will play a game at 2.30 in the morning. I'm up at 2.30 in the morning with a pot of coffee watching the game because that's when my club's playing. Now, you may start out, if you become a fan of this game, you may start out, you know, hitting the DVR button and recording these and coming back later on to watch them. And that's perfectly okay. I mean, I do watch several of the games on, on demand. Um, I have an international membership for my club, which gives me access to what is known as the Watch AFL app, which is basically the AFL's version of the Sunday ticket or the uh, MLB TV, if you will, where you get all of the games uh, live or on demand and then all of the programming that goes along with the Fox footy channel. So it's, it's a great deal. It runs about $120 for the year, um, and you can go back and watch games all the way back to 2017 on there. And they have a bunch of pro, you know, different programs that they have on there, along with uh, classic games. So, And every episode I do of the podcast, I, I give a shout-out to a local footy club. And today's club of the episode are the Happy Valley Vikings of the Southern Football League in South Australia. And the club was founded back in 1952 and originally wearing the blue and gold. Uh, they transitioned to black and gold when they left the Hills Central League. Uh, they're now in the Southern League and they're in the black and gold now. Now They've got many teams, both men's and women's, down to the youth level as well. And their junior football teams, those youth teams, are getting ready to start training uh, in uh, late March. The 22nd of March, their training sessions begin. Now, this is a club that has had a storied history of some really, really good players uh, that have gone on to play in the AFL, uh, including uh, Ben Rutten, who played 229 games for Adelaide, was just let go as Essendon's senior coach uh, this past offseason. Uh, Nathan Eagleton, who played 277 games between the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide. Uh, Jason Corplesia, who played 130 games with Adelaide, Bo Walters, excuse me, Bo Waters, who played 120 games with West Coast, and Matt Rogers, who played 197 games with Richmond. So this is a club that has had a strong history of producing really good athletes to move on to the highest level of the game. So that's typically how I would introduce an episode. And let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Adam Schultz. And uh, we're going to talk about how it is that we can garner interest in the AFL here in the United States. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest this episode is a writer writing about Port Adelaide Power for the Inner Sanctum, as well as the Dallas Cowboys for Sports Illustrated. And uh, I did see that he just uh, had a new article that came out today about uh, Frank Wright getting the job with the Carolina Panthers. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Adam Schultz. Welcome, sir. Thanks for coming on today. Hi, Craig. Thank you, mate. Pleasure to be on. You bet. You bet. Uh, love the the port hat you got there. Uh it, it, it is a great-looking logo. I, I've had discussions with folks. Uh, you know, I'm a cat supporter, as you can see behind me here. But uh, I said, if I'm trying to, you know, we're, we're here to talk about, you know, how, how to grow the game here in the United States. And I've, I've asked people, I said, is it okay if you're simply trying to promote the game, if you, if you had, if you're able to find, like, you know, polo shirts from the different clubs at, you know, at a cheap price, is it, is it, wrong if i'm a cat supporter if i was to show up to, at work you know wearing a 
a Port Adelaide polo shirt or a, <laughs> a you know, West Coast Eagles shirt where people are wondering, well, who are they? And then you get that conversation yeah. going. I've had a lot of peers who are saying, no, you can't wear another club's polo shirt or anything no. like that. And I was like, no, no, I, I get it, but, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, I guess it, it just depends how deep lying your loyalties are. Right, my, right. My mother was the classic, I support Essendon, I support Collingwood. Oh, I like Adelaide. I'm like, mum, it's one team, pick uh-huh. one, choose it, stick with it. <laughs> you know, yeah. so. So, you, you know, I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago um, because I'm uh, we're working on this series about trying to grow the AFL in the United States, because as we talked about off air, I said, you know, I call this game, the greatest game on the planet. Um, you know, even to me, even more so than the NFL, but um, it's, it's one that most Americans might've heard of. Maybe they've seen a, a, you know, somebody reacting to some aspect of the game on YouTube, but they really don't know the game. So wanting to, to talk about how, can we go about encouraging more Americans to check out this game? Because I've said that, you know, if we can get 1% of the United States interested in footy, that would be a huge economic boom for the game. If at all possible. Yeah. I think um, like, as we talked before is that one of the parallels that NFL fans could uh, transition to AFL is just the physicality of it. Like with the NFL, there's, Nothing better than when, as you as uh, Kyle Brandt calls an, an angry run, that physicality of mm-hmm. someone bursting through the offensive line, is, is that that kind of uh, physicality you'll see, well, two or three times a game, maybe if if you're lucky, depending who the back is. But whereas with the AFL, is that that's almost every play, every second, every ten seconds. So it, it, at the end of the day, it depends what the what the fans like, like. Uh, Pat McAfee, I think he he came down to Melbourne, I think a couple of years ago, and was um, working with the Collingwood Football Club. Mm-hmm. And I think that done a good uh, good to promote the games then. But it just, I think fans just need to find what they like. Yes, whether it's yes. the whether it's the high flying marks, do they like the quick ball movement, or are they more analytical? Do they like the strategies that the coaches are putting in place, such and such like that? But if I was to say to one of my um, US friends, why, or they asked me, why should I um, start watching AFL? It would be physicality, it would be high flying marks, and it would just, just the, the entertainment. And the other thing is that with the NFL, it's that the games go for what, four and a half, five hours. And you'd probably say, Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not quite that long, but with, with halftime and stuff long. in there. Yeah, but it's it, they're yeah. pretty lengthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but. The, the one thing that I, I find from a lot of my friends here, the problem they have with the NFL is that there's just there's a lot of ads. And I've had a lot of my US followers tell me the same thing, is that the, the game's just too long. It's like, well, AFL, if you get, depending what subscription, obviously, you have, mm-hmm. they have no they have no ads from siren to siren. Right, right. So you're not breaking um, your view. Mm-hmm. Your, your mind's not, not switched off. It's the full quarter, whether it be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. Right. So I would... My, my biggest thing would just be the physicality and the, like the high marking and the wow moments. You know, yeah, absolutely, be... absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I, and I was talking to you, you know, off air about, you know, the, 
you know, the player that, that kind of pushed me into becoming a cat supporter was, you know, a young man by the name of Nakaya Cockatoo. And he's not, he's, you know, people know his name, but he's not certainly somebody who's getting a lot of games now with Brisbane, but he, he had a game back in 2017 where he, he just absolutely decleated somebody in the pocket and just, you know, like took him, took him right up against the advertising signs a lot. I mean, just, you know, yeah. lifted him up and turned him into a comma and just, yeah. you know, planted him up against the fence. And it just was, I was like, wow, that, that's what I watch in college football and in the NFL. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, so, that was what pushed me there. Yeah. So I, I had a similar moment. Like I said, I've loosely started following the NFL in 2014. I can't remember what game it was. I know it was, it was for the Cowboys. It was, they were playing the Colts. I think it might've been a Monday night and uh, Des Bryant was on an option. And the ball was pitched to him and no one knew that he was left-handed and he's thrown a, a left-handed huh. 20, 20 yard uh, touchdown pass in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Someone will have to uh, jog my memory about, her, about who caught it. But like that moment there, I was like, Whoa, okay. 88. I like you. What team do you play for? <laughs> Cowboys. Okay. Right. There you go. Let's roll. There you yeah. go. So it's uh have you have you brought other, you know, with you writing for Sports Illustrated? Are you right? And I guess I, I guess I don't know the answer to this, but uh, are you writing for Sports Illustrated here in the United States or for Sports Illustrated Australia? So I work for what's called Fan Nation, okay. and Mike. Well, I'm not if you know him, but Mike Fisher runs the Cowboys side of it. It's a Sports okay. Illustrated project. Okay. So I, so we say it's Fan Nation powered by Sports Illustrated. So I, I'm writing from Australia here. So the time differences for me actually work quite well. Mm-hmm. On the Sunday for you, Monday for me, games start anywhere from before daylight savings, 2.30 in the morning. They start and then they start at 4.30 once daylight savings kicks in. So the, the time difference for me is good because for the other sites that I write for, by the time their day is finished and they've covered what they need to cover, mm-hmm. then I come on late afternoon and then pick up from okay. there so it's almost like a full full circle kind of thing okay so who would you say well i don't know i don't know if i want to make the comparison but we'll go ahead and toss it who would you say are overall better athletes nfl players or afl players uh it depends on what you look for in an athlete. I would imagine that strength-wise, NF- NFL players, mm-hmm. depending on position, would clear AFL players in street shoes. Whether okay, yeah, yes. that's like yeah. a defensive tackle or something like a Bobby right, Wagner, right. a linebacker. Right. Um, agility-wise, yeah. Like again, depending what the position is, aerobically, it would be AFL players without yeah. a doubt because obviously the NFL is – one play, stop, 30 seconds. One play, stop, 30 yes, seconds, yes. unless you're in a, a hurry-up offense. But, um, yeah, it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for pure strength, it would be the NFL and right, possibly right. Pa- power as well. Um, and then as far as maybe quickness, athleticism, aerobic ability, it would be the AFL. But like I said, it would depend on what you want in an athlete. Yeah, that it's, makes it's sense. Almost like, it's almost like who's your favorite player? And why? Well, it depends. Like your favorite player could be someone mm-hmm. different to me, even though they're both the same player, but your player might have different attributes that's, to what that's mine does. So it's, yeah. 
it would all be about choice, I, I would say. That's a good point. So have you, have you brought other, you know, you're, you're right. You're doing the writing here. Have you, do you have watch parties or, or is this, or is it the middle of the night and you're watching the game all on your own kind of like I'm usually doing, because I've never, I mean, I've been watching the game, like I said, since 2016, I've never had anybody here watching a game with me. I watched by myself and I'll yeah. be, I'll be on a little discussion board or something on social media, talking to somebody, you know, in Geelong or wherever about the game, but never, never anybody yeah. here. It's yeah. Been, yeah. See, I, yeah, I'm the same. I have to watch it by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like any distractions, especially with a, a five-year-old. I've done that to be hard at times. But um, whether it's watching Port or the Cowboys or pretty much any sport, I like to be for whether it be for the, the two hours of an NFL game or like we just like before, three, four hours for an NFL game. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer to have no distractions. Okay. Obviously, that's not. Um, it's not feasible all the time, but yeah, I would prefer to prefer to be by myself. I think I think that just for me anyway, that that's um yeah, it's better. Now, are you are you taking notes while you're watching, or are you, you know, um, so them? with with the Cowboys, I am usually yeah, okay. Um, and I I write for Sports Key as well, and they're just kind of a more blanket type of coverage, whereas I get to actually fully focus on the intricacies of. Dallas, what what they're doing, and get a mm-hmm. bit more knowledge of the team. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's it's if if you were, you know, what do you? Well, let me ask you this: What do you think it would be the easiest thing for American fans to grasp about AFL, and what do you think would be the most difficult things for them to grasp and get an understanding of? Um, the most difficult, I would say, would be the rules. Because even now, and I've been watching footy or AFL for twenty odd years, is mm-hmm. even the rules sometimes even baffle me. Yeah, and I'm someone who watches it every week and watches mm-hmm. most games every week. Right. Um, so as far as what could hinder uh, US followers, it, it could be the rules. But what could be easier for them? Um, maybe like the scoring system: six points for a goal, a point for a behind. Um, and then probably just the skills, just kick, mark, handball, mm-hmm. kick, mark, handball. But then again, it depends on what you're, what that US fan is looking for. If they're more of a, an analytical mind when they, when they watch the NFL, then that's not going to transfer to the AFL because it's a completely different game, completely different set of rules. Very true. Very true. Yeah. It's uh... so, <clears throat> and and I and I and I've spoken to some people who do stats for I somebody who did the stats for the ruse for many many years, and it's just it's it is such a a statistically intensive game. Then oh. and I've watched a couple of videos of the groups that are doing the statistics the, the stats during the game live, and it's it's almost like they are. Um. And I, I talked to somebody just recently who said that, uh, that their family were, they were showies, not, they wasn't, car, wasn't carnival people. They were showies. It's almost like that. Yeah. The, I don't know if they called them, you know, we call them here like a Carney Barker, the person that's in, yeah. you, yeah. you know, <laughs> but that, you know, somebody like that or an auctioneer almost, it's, yeah. you know, it's that the person that's reading the, you know, the stats, they're, they're reading it into a mic and, and they're reciting yeah. it into the mic as it's going on. And it's just, it's so intensive, you know, that as they go through all of that, it's, it's, it's an impressive skill, but yeah, it certainly doesn't really let you 
enjoy the game in the present. You might get to go back and watch it yeah. afterwards and go, Oh, that's what happened. Okay. I didn't pick yeah. up on that. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Well, see, but, I, I find stats can be so misleading. Mm-hmm. Is that where obviously the last couple of years, the analytical side for both the NFL and AFL has just gone through the roof. Obviously there's a market for it. Right. But if, if someone has speaking for AFL, someone has, 30 percent like you you just look at the stat sheet and patrick dangerfield has 30 touches you Mm -hmm. would immediately think oh he's had a good game right but then if you delve further or you watch the game those out of those 30 possessions eight or nine could be chip kicks in the back line Mm -hmm. when tom's running down so instead of having 30 decent possessions that's now down to 21 22 and then out of them out of them out of their 21 six of them could be kicked backwards. Mm-hmm. That's why I, one stat I like is meters gained, usually, usually yes. for the, 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 half, uh, the half backs, mm-hmm. is because if their meters gained is 650, that means they're putting their team in good field position. That makes good. You know? yeah, so, <clears throat> and one, one of the other stats that I, because I, one of the things I've been doing during the, the preview episodes is asking some trivia questions of the, uh, of the people that I have on. And one of the, one of the stats that I've started to figure out is the uh, the one percenters, which I think is yeah. a really is a really cool statistics. Is really yeah. cool stats. It, as I was telling him, I said you can almost call it the you know doing the right thing statistic. Yes. You know, is yeah. it you know is you can almost call it that? But I like the one percenter kind of a thing. It almost has like that motorcycle gang you know theme to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's just it's it's a neat it's a neat stat and it's. Uh, and I it think tells you a lot about the team's personality and their mindset in the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it more more often than not, a team that does more one percenters has a better chance of winning that game. Whether that be whether that, that be smothering, whether that be always being next to your opponent, obviously depending where you're playing. Or if that's being like some one percenters don't show up on the stat sheet. So if you're a half back, a half back, or for example, a, a lira lear, some of the stuff that he does don't show up on the stat sheet. So he might be loose in the back line, mm-hmm. and he'll have to say, for example, mark the center half forward. But then he's also got one eye on the full forward, and he's right, positioned right. himself in between 15, 15 20 meters. But goal goal side, right? So when someone when the team goes to enter fifty, because he's stuck to the team structure, he's doing his job. That quote mm-hmm. unquote one percenter, then that's forcing the team to go through another avenue. So then that's yeah. an important one percenter as well. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's uh, have you you know following the NFL now as closely as you do? Have you ever had the opportunity? To, and I don't know with with the uh, the NFL package that you have. Do you get the uh, the opportunity to watch the game like through the what they call the coaches camera, where you get like the all twenty two? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's it's a whole it's a whole new, it's a whole different way to watch a game. Yeah, it's and it's good. it's something that I, yeah, it's something that I thought would be a an interesting um, component if they were able. And I, I would love to watch that camera angle not ever having been to a game and you know a game in australia 
before. It'd be it'd be great to be able to watch an AFL game from that vantage point on television. So yes. I could see so I could see the the game how it flows and how they you know they they widen as they head up the ground or that you know as they're moving to the you know different pockets and that type of thing. It would just be I think it would be a real interesting way to to look at it. And I think also that would be something that would appeal it would appeal to NFL fans as well because so many of them have like the uh, the NFL Sunday ticket package where they get the all 22 camera the next day. And a lot of people go back and watch the games again from that angle because they're they're picking out, you know, well, my my offensive tackle, you know, didn't do what he needed to do on this play. And my quarterback got blown up or what, whatever the case may be. But being yeah. able to see that from, you know, from footy might give them an even greater appreciation of of this game. It's just it it's just a unique angle, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, David King for Fox Footy. He, mm-hmm. for, for some reason, he cops a lot of flack for being over analytical. But when he does his segment on AFL three sixty from behind the goals and shows how team, like especially Richmond when they were really, really, really. I mean, they're not. They're still good now, but not what they were a couple of years ago. Right, right. How their defense sets up. So from Dylan Grimes at fullback whether they're trying to blanket one side of the field mm-hmm. or the other side of the field, how the other team, for example, how Port is moving the ball will dictate where their structures shift. So if Port, Port are coming out from there, from Richmond's forward 50, and they're trying to get to the wing, then mm-hmm. from the behind the goals angle that, that you mentioned is that David King will he will illustrate the six or seven defenders and they'll all slide to one mm-hmm. side to block off that side, forcing a, either a dump kick to the other side or a dump to a contested situation, which nine times out of ten, ball goes over the line and then you reset. And then from that reset, you he will then indicate where the players are going, why they're going there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then based on their position, by the time the ball comes in and if it's a quick hat kick then Richmond structure is so good. They've got two or three behind the ball, but then also because of how their line's set up from if from AFL terms from the spine mm-hmm. is that they'll have two or three players on the outside ready to bounce out. And then, and then they're away. That's how Richmond, why Richmond was so good for so long is because their system was almost foolproof regardless of what teams threw at them. They were able to be at the top of their game. And that's where that behind the goals footage is right. so good much like right. with, much like he said with the nfl of an offensive tackle he misses his step or he, or the tight end doesn't get a chip block right and allows right. ned rusher to come through that's where you're going to get really good vision of that yeah and i i i would i, I do love watching him on there because you're right he, and 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 you know he's somebody who really has, has been beneficial to you know somebody like me learning the game over the mm. last few years and try, just trying to learn the, the the strategic aspects of it you know it's uh he 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 doesn't you know i don't feel like he's you know and again he's not talking to me specifically but i don't feel like he's talking down to me at all yeah you know yeah, it's it's exactly. you know, he's, he's putting it in layman's terms it's not you know like okay this is how it was and and you should know this already that sort of thing i think he does a fantastic job with it but uh yeah um you know if you were to you know, if an American was saying, okay, I'll you know, pick out a game for me to watch to just kind of whet my appetite. Is there a game that you can think of that's happened in the past, like one specific game where you would say, okay, 
this is the one you should watch to kind of just, you know, dangle, dangle the, the, the hook with the worm on it in front of the fish to see if they're going to take a bite of it. Um, okay. So I'll be really biased here. And if you have any Port Adelaide listeners, they're going to absolutely love this. Um, the el- elimination final against Richmond. So I'm pretty sure from memory that was 2014 Adelaide Oval. They port wore the famous prison bars. And it was from the fur, obviously, uh, Trent Conchin got a lot of flax. I think he kicked into the wind to start with. So he gave Port the wind at home mm-hmm. in the first quarter. And from the first bounce, it was just, it was an obliteration, really. It was fast ball movement. It was quick. It was tough. Um, Hamish Hartlett's effort, I think, in the first quarter, or second quarter, maybe, to, to set up a goal for Schultz, I think, Jay Schultz. It just, it just had everything. It was fast. It was quick. It was powerful. There was lots of goals. I think Port kicked eight, eight or nine before Richmond kicked their first from memory, maybe eight. Hmm. Um, and then the, the home crowd, the crowds into it, like 30, 40, 45,000 people were into it. And it was just that, that first quarter, quarter and a half, when it was just an obliteration. Mm-hmm. If you, it, Obviously, depending what that fan wants to see. Right, right. They might want to see like a pure dower. They're more of a defensive person. But as far as someone who's just a blank canvas yeah. and just goes, look, just show me one game, is that that would be the one because that, that had, from aesthetically, that had everything that the AFL wants football to be. Yeah. It just, it, it, just, it, it had everything, had everything. Yeah. So as as much as as much as I would want to say the the nineteen eighty nine grand final with with Hawthorne and Geelong, probably yeah. you know probably not a terribly realistic representation of what the game is like in in twenty twenty three. No, no. <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. Hell of a game to watch. It's like if you want to go back and watch the NFL from the nineteen fifties and sixties, that would be a yeah. good game to watch. But uh, yeah, it would you know just it just is. Uh, I mean, if just, you loved tough. Uh-huh. Like real tough, tough football, or even just sport in general. Right. That was right. is what my dad says. That was that's the proper football back then. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's no of these little free kicks for tapping on the shoulder or mm-hmm. a little touch in the back. It was full fist to the back of the head. Yeah. Play on, get up, up, yes. up, up you go. No. And and I and I think in now now knowing what we know that's good that that stuff doesn't happen anymore, mm. but you know but the you know the good clean hard tackle is still is still good is, yeah I is, think is yeah it's wonderful the it, it is the it's we, it's hard because with concussion being such a big issue now yes. not just in AFL but NRL the rugby here mm-hmm. NFL. Um, so another football soccer as well overseas yes is that that kind you don't like you see big hits but you don't at the same time because they're not there's always that element of like especially with the rules now is that if you elect to bump mm-hmm. somebody who's got got the ball or got the head over the ball then you're in line to be suspended so that puts a lot of players off and that will take a step back instead of having that full collision they're going to step back because that that physicality, while it still it still has a place in the game, um, players have to be very selective with one when they do it and two how they do it. 
Because right. there's been in, there's been instances where, especially me being my age, is that you're taught from a certain age when the ball's on the ground and if it's 50-50, as you're approaching to turn to turn your body. Mm-hmm. So obviously, so for the go at it side, go at it sideways. If you're, yeah, so if you're bending down, you'll put your right hip and right shoulder as to protect yourself. But now mm-hmm. with the with the rules is that if that happens, if you go to turn your body, but the other player gets there first and they're bending down and then their head hits either your shoulder or obviously your hip bone's a bad spot because it's really hard and they get hit in the head, then that's where the rules aren't black and white. There's a lot of grey because... There's no malice from either player, right? But it's just a simple fact of that the, the opposing player got there first. Yeah. The first guy is doing what he's taught to do, which is protect himself. But because he hit the other person in the head, then that's when you can get to, into trouble. And I think it, I think it was against Port Adelaide last year in round twenty-two. That's what happened to Mitch Robinson with I think with Dersma, wasn't it? I. Th- think so from yeah. memory yeah where he you know he because he because robinson got himself in position was was kind of hunched down and was stationary yeah. and durza right. ran yes. into him and robinson got suspended yeah and patrick cripps yeah, did not yeah see that's yes. <laughs> that's where it's hard like just for me uh-huh with the, i had a lot of arguments with a lot of brisbane people and I had a lot of Plot A people too. Is that I, I had no issue with what Robinson did because mm-hmm. that's that obviously he hit him in the head. That's not what you want. You don't want players to be to get concussed and with right, right. everything that's been going on lately. But he was taught, he, he was being taught that from a young age. And right. I hear a lot, of, a lot of people say, Oh, well, you know, they know the rule now. You know, they shouldn't, they, they shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, Well, if you've been trained in doing something one way for 20, 30 yeah. years. And then all of a sudden, over the course of an off-season, five, six months, you're asked to completely rehaul, re-evaluate how you attack the football. That's Mm going to take time. Absolutely. But unfortunately, when you're in game situations, most of the time it's a split second. It's, oh, do I go for it? And then the other thing is is if if Robinson pulls back and then he allows Dersmer to pick up the ball and kick a goal, in the post-game review, what's going to be the first thing that's going to be singled out? Exactly. It's going to be Robinson. Why didn't you go for the ball? That's where it's hard. Exactly. Yeah. Well, getting back to the, uh, a little bit before we wrap up here in, in a few minutes, um, you know, I, 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 I put a couple notes out on some social media sites last night. Um, and I, and I just, I'd said that I'm, I'm looking at, you know, doing these episodes and what people, what ideas people had and somebody who I, I respect their views immensely. You know, I, I said, you know, uh, I'm trying to get, you know, my fellow Yanks, hence the name of the podcast to, to want to check out the game. And, and he, he responded, he said, you know, no offense meant per personally, but you live in a country that thinks it's the greatest at everything, including sports. Majority of your brethren wouldn't give the game the time of day for that particular reason. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that he's wrong. But of course, I, I kind of think about I kind of think about the British that way. I did, which he thought, which he thought was kind of good. And I said, you know, that whole that whole U.S. England and Australia deal. I said, you know, we we were able to send Meghan Markle to to Britain and 
and Mason Cox to Australia, and you Australia made out way better in that deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you know, is do you think do you think that that you know I don't know how much you actually interact with with American NFL fans, probably a significant amount, I would bet. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, does does the AFL ever come up in conversation at all? Uh, not once. Okay. And what, whether that's, it could just be pure ignorance because obviously the NFL is such a, it's a billion dollar industry. Right, and it's, right. It's, it's all year round now. So yes. Yeah. But whether there's, first of all, is there even a want to, is there even a, because you could do all the marketing and promotion and you could put ads on TV and everything like that. But if there's no audience for it then it's all wasted that that's true but so, that, yeah, that gets, you go. and that gets to that gets to my point where you know it's you know the greatest game you've never heard of it's kind of it's kind of what it is yeah. you know, once you once you see if you see it and you you know you maybe you see the uh the little you know a, a carefully constructed you know highlight package of you know some some great marks and some great bumps and yeah. dribble kicks and things of that nature and just you know showing you know show, showing somebody you know taking the ball down the wing with you know four or five dribbles you know yeah. and taking it in and kicking a goal from you know 45 meters out and you know and and they're they're looking at it going wait a minute that looks like a football and he's bouncing it it might yeah. it might spark some interest there but it, it but yeah it's it's if, if they don't know about it you know yeah well, it's, well that's the thing it's like that's that's where it's been good um, to like, just to reverse what you're saying mm-hmm. is that in Australia here the promotion for the NFL and the, the thirst for it has skyrocketed in the last right. four or five years. Right. It has gone through the roof. There's ads on TV for it. It's over. Well, I'm not on Facebook that much, but it'd it be on Facebook, Instagram, the um, NFL Australia account on Twitter always posting stuff they do mm-hmm. watch parties in melbourne um for the uh, the super bowl i'm pretty sure um and i've just seen um what have been yesterday uh, scott hanson from uh red zone they must have been doing a promotion for super bowl tickets and uh, an australian couple from melbourne won super bowl tickets so like that kind of cross weaving from getting the us mm-hmm. to come within the audience here and promote it that way. Right, so like right. you might you might out of I don't know how many people live here now, 20 million, 21 million, just from that, I think the Scott Hansen video was like a, a minute long. You might get three or four thousand people who are like, oh, I that would have been all right to go in. Mm-hmm. I might do I might do that next year. And then they'll look out for NFL games and what's happening. And then that's how right. um the the love for it can grow. But yeah listening to what you're saying is that that doesn't seem like that doesn't not, seem like there's any any want to promote well, that that side of it it seems like that the, the you know the company that's that's actually showing the games on television has had no desire to do that sort of thing mm. you know you know even doing you know we've we talked i've talked with other people about this you know even if we were able to do you know a like a half an hour highlight show on like a wednesday at, you know, yeah. during you know, it like 
10 o'clock in the evening on Fox on the one of the Fox Sports channels, you know, talking about you know the games that had happened the previous week and maybe previewing one of the upcoming games yeah. that they're going to have on. I I I think if you if you wet the appetite, you know, it's, it's almost like the uh, the uh, the Field of Dreams movie, which was Ooh. ironic. We're talking about that. You know, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, it's, if you if you build the interest in it, maybe the people will come to watch the to watch the games. Yeah. Well, see, I have I had a, a couple of friends a few years ago. They were I don't know if they were backpacking or just having a holiday. But there's mm-hmm. in the UK there's actual um, AF or AFL, but there's football leagues set up over there. Mm-hmm. So they have uh, UK residents and obviously anybody who's obviously around. I, I think it's in London. And they actually have leagues where people can go and play. So I'm oh, not we, sure yeah. if they have that. We we yeah. Sure. There's a, the the US the USAFL has been around for 25 years. We there's over 50 teams in the USAFL. Right. So then yeah. then that brings brings back to what you're saying is that well then why don't they promote through that? Well, they they try to, but it, that's all you know. That's not a. It, they do do that, like in their local communities, where they'll have watch parties for games and things like that. Um, right. But it, that's also, that's kind of, it's, you know, they do train hard and that type of thing, but it's not a, it's not a professional league. It's all people who are volunteering their time to play and that's right. Sort of okay. So right. it's not, so, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have the, it doesn't have the, uh, the financial backing that maybe it, it could have to do that sort of thing, but they do try to promote like within their communities. They certainly do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then the, the other line of thinking is, is it given there's so many eyeball? I mean, it's probably not financially viable, but it could be an uh, an avenue that they go down. Is that because there's so many ads per NFL game? Obviously, it's quite quite lucrative. But then it could even be putting just like you said, like the highlights package. But instead of it being thirty minutes, just do like a condensed twenty or thirty second ad for it. Great point. And yeah. whether and whether that's just one um one per game maybe there's 16 games throughout a weekend maybe that's mm-hmm. obviously not financially viable but it could even be out of the 16 games um that are on for the weekend over there it could be three of them you'll have say six ads that go throughout the duration i think that would be a gr- i think it'd be great if they could do that yeah and it's and while the season's not necessarily happening at that point in time, it would still be, it would still be, you know, wetting the appetite, you know, and, you know, yeah. being able to announce and say, you know, cause to, by that point in time, the, you know, the fixture is going to be out. If it's later in the season, they start advertising, you know, it's going to say, you know, coming on, uh, you know, March the 17th, you know, yeah, you know, you know, it's going to, you know, it's going to be Richmond and Carlton in the, yeah. the first, first weekend of the season, you know, that first, you know, it would be Friday morning here. But it would. Mm. It, I think it would be great to. I think it's a great idea to try to to promote it there. Um, but it's just I. I think they're missing an opportunity because, like I said, I think if 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 NFL fans love the, the collision and the speed and the, and the power and the the jumping of receivers and that type of thing, I think if they if they discovered. The AFL, I think they, that many of them, not, and again, not all. I'm, I'm, this is not saying that every every NFL fan. I'm not naive enough to say that. I'm Ooh. naive enough to say other things, but not that. Uh, but but it, <laughs> it it would be, like, like I said, even if we just get one percent. I mean, that's yeah, that's thirty million people. Or yeah. no, say with that's three million people. I'm sorry, it's three million people. Yeah, say yeah. O- over there is all of the 
AFL content, is that free or do you have to pay for it? Um, well, it's through, if it's, it'd be like on basic cable. So if you had like a regular, you know, TV package, you're going to get FS1, FS2. So you're going to get probably four or five games each week on those. And then right. the other, then the other four would be on what's called this Fox soccer plus, which is like an add on, which would run you like an extra $5 a month. To, if you're a big soccer fan, they would have the other five games right. on there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you didn't have cable and you just had like, well, you're based in Ohio. So if you just had local channels, you can't watch anything. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have, you might be able to get like the Cleveland Browns on the, on the local Step, right. the local like uh cbs network which carries the right. afc okay. yeah you might get that but yeah. that's you're not getting yeah you're not getting much of it much of anything else yeah right yeah so that that's probably uh another problem is that people aren't going to want to pay for a game that they don't know anything about and there's no way like as you say to whet the appetite right without right. without yeah. paying for it. that's why it's there's been such a big issue here in australia for the last well since the Right, still like four or five years is that mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of people that are of the mindset that because it's, it's a such a big part of australian culture here is that it should be on all free to air tv it should be free for anyone anyone should be able to watch it mm-hmm. but the sad reality is is that depending on what state you're in so in here in south australia only the adelaide and port adelaide games are live so if you want to watch um for Sydney and Gold Coast on a Saturday afternoon, uh-huh. that's on Fox. So you normally you only get the Friday night game on free to air, mm-hmm. the, the Saturday night, and depending what the game is, the two fifty one on a Sunday. Okay. So even if someone doesn't have, as you would say, cable or Foxtel or anything, they're still getting three free games. Mm-hmm. So they're still getting part of their AFL fix, but whereas in the US is that there's no AFL nothing. Whereas if it was the other way around, and on certain channels you would get three AFL games, yeah, that are just on. Like you might have someone who's just sitting on the couch on a Saturday afternoon and is just flicking through the local channels in Ohio, and then bang, Collingwood and Sydney pops up. Oh, what's that? And then it's right. on there, and then actually, well, that, and that's, that, well, that's yeah, the, like the 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 FS, the, the two Fox Sports channels are basically if if you have like a cable TV package or a satellite TV package, you know, because in which you know is going to run you maybe like fifty bucks a month for that. Those two channels are going to be included on there, so those would be part of like your basic. If you've got yeah. if you've got if you have if you have a cable or a satellite dish, those are going to show up on there. So those are in yeah. those are in pretty much everybody's house that has any you know that doesn't have just like the and the tv antenna to draw in like the signal over the through the through the airwaves so if yes. they've got us yes. if they've got any of those those two channels are there so they're going to be getting four or five games each week on those two channels yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's good like, at least it's something at least it's not um there's no games on right right yeah because that, that would be you know that then I, then it's a whole different argument. You know how do we go about getting the games on television here? At least they're getting them yeah. on here. It's just yeah. you know we we just do a very poor job of letting sports fans know that this great game is available at this time. Yeah, you know, and it's. Hey, uh, I think uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong here, um, but 
given how global all three of your sports are, NFL is literally everywhere. Right, NBA right. is literally everywhere. Um, I assume uh, the Major League Baseball is everywhere. There's in all three of those organizations, there's billions and billions of dollars. Right, right. So they've got the revenue and whatnot to push to push it out to different countries to get them mm-hmm. like the um the NFL have gone to Germany right that this year to play games. I think they they went to London this year. They I went think. to Green they, Bay. They, they played they played like four or five games in uh there you in go. Europe this year and one in Mexico. Right, there you go. So yeah even just to get I mean that, that's the thing is that we're so stuck in our ways here is that we like the very traditional stuff. So if Gillen McLaughlin was to say, okay, we're going to take Port Adelaide and Brisbane round one and we're going to go play it um, in Baltimore or in Cleveland or something mm-hmm. like that. Is it that would probably be good for you guys over there, but given how some people view it here, is that that would right. turn them off. What, oh, that means I can't go to that game. Why are they doing it over there? Instead of seeing it as by going, like they... Port and Gold Coast did that when they played in Shanghai. Right, right. Yeah. Three, four years ago, I think. And that yeah. brought in St. Kilda as well. That brought in a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But that well, got was... a lot of pe- that draw a lot of people offside because I think from I could be wrong here, that was supposed to be a port home game, maybe. Mm-hmm. So then some port supporters are like, well, I can't go to that game. That's in Shanghai. But it's like if you look at the bigger picture. But that's promoting the game. That's what you right. need to do. So yeah. whether that's a, obviously COVID halted that. So whether that's well, a step. Yeah, there, there was supposed to be a game um, in Los Angeles, I believe in 2021. GWS and Essendon were supposed to play round one here. Right. That yeah. year. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that would be, that That would be, so I think it's just, I mean, it, it's so, even if it's just a, an exhibition game like for preseason. Mm-hmm just to get like three or four teams to go over for a week. Yeah. Because obviously there's if they have the community series and stuff here that goes for, I think, three weeks, two weeks or something, and they go all yeah, around the community. Yeah, now, yeah. Yeah. So in, if they were – if the AFL was really, really, really – I mean, obviously they were because they went to Shanghai, but mm-hmm. take two or three teams or four teams and go over to – for example, like go over to Ohio, obviously the – um, when it's summer here, so it's hot here now, so it's obviously freezing where you are. So that might have something to do with it. But that could be, that could be a, a, another avenue. Is that you have a in quote unquote meaningless game? Yeah, put right. it over somewhere in the US, and then instead of getting all the like your David Kings and mm-hmm. Jared Waitleys and all that who commentate on radio and stuff like that and TV, get your the US media guys to do it. Because then if Obviously, you're not going to get the likes of Joe Buck and Al Michaels and all, all those yeah, kind of guys. Right. But um, Phil Murphy does a, a good job um, talking on one of the um, ESPN breakfast shows here with Laurie. So like, he, he could be one. It, I think, like you said, it's just about trying to get it over there. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that whatever that looks like. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's just it's just trying to get it there. Yeah. So before we go here. Um... I I do have to ask since you're you know since you are a port supporter and you're writing about port what what are you looking for from the club this year? Uh, a better start for one would be nice. Oh okay. and five um, last year. Um, I think it's just the consistency. 
um, more than anything. I mean, obviously they had a lot of injuries last year, mm-hmm. but um, it's it, it's just the consistency. I mean, for the most part, defensively they were reasonably good, but where obviously it was good when well lack of a better word, it was good when Charlie Dixon went down because Port was so centric. Their forward line was so centric. Good point. It was just everything. It was just 65, 70 metres out. Where's Charlie? On top of his head and two or three defenders on him. And he's, no matter how good you are, you know, unless you're Buddy Franklin, you're not going to mark that. So that's where it was good, where we had Todd Marshall stepped up massively. He had a superb year last mm-hmm. year. Sam Pepper popped up with goals. So I think if, if they can get a what obviously when Dixon's in the forward line, obviously use him, but they they can't be narrow focused. And when when they're going inside 50, where's Charlie? That's where I think this year they, they should get a better spread of goals. Orazio Fantasia, hopefully back. Helsey, he's a game changer when he's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's, it's just consistency and injuries. The list is there. Mm-hmm. Whether that's good enough for a grand final, that's probably up for debate. Personally, I have my doubts. I don't see where Port's gotten stronger, whereas Melbourne, they've got Brody Grundy. Uh, the Bulldogs brought in Rory Lobb. Obviously, it's funny how well he's going to go. But yeah. they're definitely top eight if everything goes their way. Okay, yeah. Um, but I, like, I, have, I heard Shannon Sharp saying undisputed last week uh, with Dak Prescott. And it's, it's a bit with Port as well, is that you hope they play well. Mm-hmm. So you hope that Charlie Dixon doesn't get injured and you hope that the forward line functions. And like with Prescott, you hope he doesn't throw two picks. <laughs> but whereas you have guys like the Melvins, who are like the Patrick Mahomes, and then you have Geelong, who are like the Bengals, is that you don't have to worry about how they're going to play. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, oh, I don't, oh man, I hope, Tom Hawkins plays well today. I hope Jeremy Cameron plays well today. You know, that's that's, that's already yeah. there. And yeah. I find that's that's what it's like with Port. Oh, I hope we play like in round one. I hope we play well against Brisbane in round one. Like I I would imagine that line supporters aren't gonna come uh to round one thinking, Oh, I hope our team plays well. They're gonna know yeah. their team plays well. Right, that's true. That's true. So do you think do you think that Jason Horn Francis is actually under more pressure now that he's home than he would have been had he stayed in North Melbourne? Um, I think it's probably – I don't think he is because when he was drafted, from the outside anyway, it seemed like he was the saviour. He's mm-hmm. the number one pick. He's the guy to fix the midfield with Jai Simkin and obviously Ben Cain to miss most of the year. But right, he right. was the guy that they were going to build the team around. Now, for any even for any any person, you could be 26, 27. That's a big load to carry, number one, let alone right. if you're an 18-year-old right. who's Absolutely. gone to another state and everything yes. like that. Yeah. But now when he's now he's back at port, he's almost the he's not a big fish, but for lack of a better word, he's the big fish in the little pond now. Mm-hmm. So he's got guys around him. He doesn't have to be the star. So there's not going to be the microscope on him like there was at North Melbourne because North Melbourne's midfield group last year was essentially Jai Simkin and then who else that really jumps off the page at you, really? 
right. not not many. So then, who does right. where does attention then go to? Number one pick. What's he doing? Oh, he's only got ten touches. Oh, well, he's no good. And yeah. then that's how the that's how the narrative can then snowball. But at least with Port now, there's Travis Boak, there's Ollie Wines, there's Sam Powell Pepper. Just to name a few, Dan Houston yeah. can roll through there now. Yep. So even if he goes in and he gets 10 or 12 touches, they might be 10 or 12 really good touches, but because right. the microscope's not on him, yep. as what is good as, as well, he's out of what they call the fishbowl of Victoria. Mm-hmm. The media scrutiny isn't going to be on him. Obviously, if he plays and he absolutely stinks up the joint, obviously then that's going to be a different conversation. But for the most part, yeah, I don't think he's under as much pressure from the outside, at least. Um, That's what he was last year. Okay. Okay. Well, where can people find your work? They want to read read your work. Where can they locate it? Um, So I write for cowboyssi.com. That's where all my cowboy stuff is. I haven't written for the Sanctum for a while. I've just been far too busy. But there um, at www.theinnersanctum.com, you can find all all their stuff there. They cover every sport, okay. men's, women's, everything. Superb work. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, hey, Adam, I appreciate you taking time out of your afternoon to sit down and chat, sir. This was a lot of fun. I, I hope that... Uh, something happens here because you know and we get a few more people that are interested in the game here you know because i don't i'm i don't want to feel like i'm just tilting at windmills here because i'm first of all i'm allergic to horses uh so i don't i would not do a very good don quixote here uh (laughs) (laughs) but um i I appreciate you sitting down to chat with me and uh i uh well i i i can't wish your cowboys good luck this week because that well of course yeah and it's a Browns mm. fan. Browns fan. I so so who who is winning the Super Bowl? Um, I w- I find it hard to go past Cincinnati. I I really do. Um, okay, that's fair. Ev- every other team has obviously the Bengals' offensive line's a bit iffy, but that hasn't seemed to stop Burrow yet. Right. The Chiefs, Mahomes. How good is the ankle going to be? Good point. Yes. You know, a lot, a lot of his play is mobility once the play breaks down. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eagles could be another one, but, you know, their defense was st- – I mean, they only played the Giants last time, so You're you right, can't right. really take take that um, too seriously. But, again, it's a playoff win. Um, and then the, the 49ers with Brock Purdy, you know, everyone's waiting for him to fall off the wheel, you know, a rookie mm-hmm. is not meant to be there. He's not meant to be playing this well. Um, but I just think the Bengals, I think after last year, they, well, if, if Burrow didn't get, I think it was his knee, if he didn't get hurt on that final drive right. against the Rams, then we could be having a completely different conversation even now. Um, but I think every other team, the 49ers, Eagles, Chiefs, they all have, a, que- a question mark of such, mm-hmm. of such. For me, I, I, I think it's the Bengals. I think. Okay. All right. It's uh, so the southern half of the state of Ohio will be happy, and uh, those of <laughs> us up here in the north will just be shaking our heads, going, yeah, "The hits just keep on coming." <laughs> so we'll have. Well, see, to... you've got Deshaun Watson next year. So how True. that offense looks? He gets another full, full preseason in. That's true. I, yeah. I, 
I do expect I do expect the, the Browns to well, the offense was decent even with Jacoby Brissett. Um yes. it's just they they couldn't their their defense scuffled this past year. Mm. And yeah, you know, I mean they they went through I think they had a half dozen linebackers that went on, on injured reserves. I mean, they were bringing in, they were bringing in linebackers, you know, that they just, you know, the, Off the, straight. the, the G, general managers walking down the street and says, Hey, you look about six, three and about 240 pounds. You want to come play this mm. Sunday? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's kind of how it ended up working out for them. And it's, you know, if they, if they can fill some of those holes, you know, maybe, maybe, but again, mm. you know, the AFC North with Baltimore and Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and Cleveland, if they all play to their potential could be, you know, the toughest division in the league, you know, and, and I'm, that's yeah. not to, that's not to discount the NFC East who had three of their four teams make yeah. the playoffs. Mm. So, well, uh, Hey man, have a fantastic weekend. I appreciate you coming on. And, no worries. Uh, Thank you. You bet. You bet. All right, Adam. Thanks so very much for taking time to, uh, to chat with me there, sir. I appreciate your insight. And I, I thank you for sitting down to help me figure out how do we go about encouraging the AFL to invest a little bit in promoting the game here. And how do we get um, other Americans interested in the game as well? So I appreciate you doing that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, remember you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. You can get on the mailing list. So when new episodes come out, you'll have them in your inbox in about 45 seconds. If you like the podcast, I do hope you'll go over there and click on the review button and leave a review for the show. You can leave one right on my website or it'll actually take you out to Apple Podcasts where you can leave one there as well. If you enjoy the show and you want to help keep it up and running, because I'm a one-man outfit here, you can click on that Buy Me a Coffee button in the bottom left-hand corner. Okay, you can support it that way. You can click on my Redbubble store page. You can leave me a voicemail there if you want to. If you've got an idea for a guest for the podcast, you can reach out to me there and leave me a message there as well. Now, if you happen to be an American who is new to the AFL and you would want to come on and talk about the game and figure out what's great about it or maybe reflect upon your first impression of it. I'd love to talk to you. So give me a holler there. And again, if you check my website uh, or if you, excuse me, if you check the show notes, you're going to find links to a number of different YouTube videos uh, that kind of explain how the game works as well as some different highlights videos, that type of thing. Now, folks, I do appreciate the kind words uh, that I that I get traditionally uh, from, from folks who tune in and uh, tell me they appreciate the show. I thank you for that. Um, look out for your friends and your family. Please do that. Uh, check up on them. Folks, I do close out each episode the exact same way, and I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. Ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. And this has been episode 242 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find me at A Yank on the Footy podcast over on Facebook or Yank on the Footy on Instagram. And you can search my name out, Craig Wessels, on 
both uh, LinkedIn and Facebook there as well if you want to meet up that way. I appreciate you listening. If you are an NFL fan and your curiosity is somewhat piqued, I do hope you'll turn, tune in uh, for the next five episodes that I have uh, recorded. I have one uh, that I'm trying to get scheduled, uh, a guest who I have spoken to and has said they want to come on. We just have not nailed a time down yet. This is somebody who was a phenomenal player in the AFL and then went on to play in the NFL for well over a decade. In fact, he was on the all-decade team of the 1990s for the NFL. And I'm hoping to get him on here very, very soon to contribute to this series. And again, folks, if you like the episode, especially if you're an NFL fan right now and you're here in the States and you're, you're curious about the game, I do hope you'll share this episode out with your friends and family and uh, let them know that there's this, this other game out there that, well, quite frankly, has been around a long time because the club I support has been around since 1859. So 175 years almost getting close to it there. Folks, I appreciate you tuning in. Until next time, goodbye.